Chapter 18 of Mountain Adventures in the Various Countries of the World. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Betty B. Mountain Adventures in the Various Countries of the World by John Timms. Mount Ararat by Sir Robert Kerr Porter november eighteen seventeen on leaving our halting-place a fuller view of the great plain of ararat gradually expanded before us and the mountain itself began to tower in all its majesty to the very canopy of heaven it bore southeast from the line of our caravansary we now took a descending position due east over a stony and difficult road which carried us for more than ten versts through several close and rocky defiles and over as many frozen streams till we reached a small mohammedan village on the side of the mosduan hills we halted there for the night and for the first time i slept under the roof of a mussulman my goodly escort had already made themselves acquainted with the substance of the honest people for in our way to the village some of them spied a flock of sheep with their shepherd at a little distance on the plain and starting away scoured off immediately towards them not guessing their intentions i suppose they were aware of the approach of some hostile band and were charging to meet them my surprise therefore was rather excited when i saw them plunge into the mass of the flock the shepherd run for his life and in a few minutes the troop returned with their spoil two or three sheep with their throats cut which were soon skinned dressed and eaten this was nothing more in their opinion than a mere exercise of their horses a chapelle or fray as much their right as the air they breathe and as little to be complained against by the owner of the sheep as the gathering of a few turnips in a neighbour's field might be by some of us though it certainly was something new to an englishman of the nineteenth century to find himself thus at the head of a band with such habits on the morning of the seventeenth of november o s we left our hospitable mussulman for whether they were so inclined or overawed by the fierce looks and glittering arms of my attendants i will not pretend to say but i had no reason to complain of their want of civility we set forth over a road as hard as that of the day before in a direction southeast and gradually descending from a great height through a very extended sloping country towards the immense plain of ararat in our way we passed the relics of a considerable town called talish a little further we saw the ruins of what had been a fine caravansary on the side of a mountain stream and from amidst the mouldering walls we observed a few half-starved wretches creeping to the air as if that were their only ailment indeed sterility seemed to have been the curse of this immediate spot not a trace of verdure was discoverable on the ground all parts were covered with volcanic stones or rather masses of cinders as if thrown from an iron forge black heavy and honeycombed lower down upon this long declivity rises a mound of earth and rock which in any neighbourhood but that of ararat would be called a mountain here it appears scarcely a hill its form and substance are evidently those of an extinguished volcano but in what age it has been at work we have not means to guess 
no authors of established verity ancient or modern having said one word of any known volcanic eruption in the region of ararat besides the cinders above mentioned i observed in several places during our downward march large portions of rock of a soft red stone bearing likewise the marks of calcination as the veil opened beneath us in our descent my whole attention became absorbed in the view before me a vast plain peopled with countless villages the towers and spires of the churches of aich may adzan arising from amidst them the glittering waters of the araxes flowing through the fresh green of the vale and the subordinate range of mountains skirting the base of the awful monument of the antediluvian world it seemed to stand a stupendous link in the history of man uniting the two races of men before and after the flood but it was not until we arrived upon the flat plain that i beheld ararat in all its amplitude of grandeur from the spot on which i stood it appeared as if the largest mountains of the world had been piled upon each other to form this one sublime immensity of earth and rock and snow the icy peaks of its double heads rose majestically into the clear and cloudless heaven the sun blazed bright upon them and the reflections sent forth a dazzling radiance equal to other suns this point of the view united the utmost grandeur of plain and height but the feelings i experienced while looking on the mountain are hardly to be described my eye not able to rest for any length of time upon the blinding glory of its summits wandered down the apparently interminable sides till i could no longer trace their vast lines in the mists of the horizon when an irrepressible impulse immediately carrying my eye upwards again refixed my gaze upon the awful glare of ararat and this bewildered sensibility of sight being answered by a similar feeling in the mind for some moments i was lost in a strange suspension of the powers of thought agridag is the name given to this sublime mountain by the turks and the armenians call it malis but all unite in revering it as the haven of the great ship which preserved the father of mankind from the waters of the deluge the height of ararat has never yet been measured with any satisfactory degree of accuracy though captain monteith of the madras engineers has gone nearer to the mark perhaps than any other traveller these inaccessible summits have never been trodden by the foot of man since the days of noah if even then for my idea is that the ark rested in the space between these heads and not on the top of either various attempts have been made in different ages to ascend these tremendous mountain pyramids but in vain their form snows and glaciers are insurmountable obstacles the distance being so great from the commencement of the icy region to the highest points cold alone would be the destruction of any person who should have the hardihood to persevere on viewing mount ararat from the northern side of the plain its two heads are separated by a wide cleft or rather glen in the body of the mountain the rocky side of the greater head runs almost perpendicularly down to the northeast while the lesser head rises from the sloping bosom of the cleft in a perfectly conical shape both heads are covered with snow the form of the greater is similar to the lesser only broader and rounder at the top 
and shows to the northwest a broken and abrupt front opening about halfway down into a stupendous chasm deep rocky and peculiarly black at that part of the mountain the hollow of the chasm receives an interruption from the projections of minor mountains which start from the sides of ararat like branches from the root of a tree and run along in undulating progression till lost in the distant vapours of the plain the dark chasm which i have mentioned as being on the side of the great head of the mountain is supposed by some travellers to have been the exhausted crater of ararat dr benizzi even affirms it by stating that in the year seventeen eighty three during certain days of the months of january and february an eruption took place in that mountain and he suggests the probability of the burning ashes ejected thence at that time reaching to the southern side of the caucasus a distance in a direct line of two hundred and twenty versts and so depositing the volcanic productions which are found there the reason he gives for this latter supposition is that the trap seen there did not originate in those mountains and must consequently have been sent thither by volcanic explosions elsewhere and that this elsewhere which he concludes to be ararat may have been that mountain i do not pretend to dispute but these events must have taken place many centuries ago even before history took note of the spot for since that period we have no intimation whatever of any part of ararat having been seen in a burning state this part of asia was well known to the ancient historians from being the seat of certain wars they describe and it cannot be supposed that had so conspicuous a mountain been often or ever within the knowledge of man in a state of volcanic eruption we should not have heard of it from strabo pliny ptolemy or others but on the contrary all those writers are silent on such a subject with regard to ararat while every one who wrote in the vicinities of etna or of vesuvius had something to say of the thunders and molten fires of those mountains that there are volcanic remains to a vast extent around ararat every person who visits its neighbourhood must testify and giving credit to dr benigg's assertion that an explosion of the mountain had happened in his time i determined to support so interesting a fact with the evidence of every observation on my part when i should reach the spot but on arriving at the monastery of eich Adza, where my remarks must chiefly be made and discoursing with the fathers on the idea of ararat having been a volcano i found that a register of the general appearance of the mountain had been regularly kept by their predecessors and themselves for upwards of eight hundred years and that nothing of an eruption or anything tending to such an event was to be found on any one of these notices when i spoke of an explosion of the mountain having taken place in the year seventeen eighty three and which had been made known to europe by a traveller declaring himself to have been an eye-witness they were all in surprise and besides the written documents to the contrary i was assured by several of the holy brethren who had been resident in the plain for upwards of forty years that during the whole of that period they had never seen even a smoke from the mountain therefore how the author in question fell into so very erroneous a misstatement 
i can form no guess sir r k porter travels in georgia persia armenia etc end of chapter eighteen